0: Hello, welcome along to the podcast Sport and Life. How are you doing? Thank you for hitting on the button. Ed Draper here again, sports broadcaster in the UK. Looking forward to this conversation with Phil Brignall, former footballer, West Ham and Bournemouth and Cardiff and other clubs as well, but now a really successful businessman with go-to mortgages in Cheltenham. First and foremost, as well as thanking you, I want to thank the sponsors, Bang Olufsen of Cheltenham, And Serene AV specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations. Check out the store if you're a local in the courtyard in Montpellier. Jason Briggs and his fine team or B&O underscore Cheltenham is a social media handle. If you're looking to optimize your immunity, remember the association this podcast has with Cytoplan, food based supplement company. Whether it's a multivitamin, vitamin you may call it if you're listening in the States, or something more specific like iron or vitamin D3, there's a discount associated with the podcast 30% off up front, 10% ongoing for future purchases with the code at cytoplan.co.uk at checkout Draper10R. My last name, D R A P E R, all capital letters, the numerals 10 and the capital letter R, Draper10R. And don't forget, we are very much intent on helping you enjoy life and we've teamed up with the Whole Man Academy and arranged for some lucky listeners to get a 100% free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey, who's been on the podcast talking about what the Whole Man Academy does in April of this year. So check that out. And if you're interested, if you want to book a session and Anthony says by the end of it, you'll be much clearer on how to tackle any issues or challenges you're going through, especially if you ever feel stuck or not exactly where you want to be in life could be most of us that applies to doesn't it at different times there are only five sessions to give away each month to book your complimentary session follow the link in the show notes to the podcast right let's get on to the conversation with phil brignall really great for him to come over and spend some time with me in my living room fantastic gentleman successful football career and now successful business career with go-to mortgages in cheltenham where i live here he is phil brignall Phil Brignall, welcome to the podcast, Sport and Life. Good to see you. How how are you today? I'm very well. Yeah, very well. We're really happy to be here. So good. Well, it's brilliant for you to come around. I didn't realise how local you were as well. It turns out, you yeah, just around the corner, sort of thing. So yeah, All same good. same building as my wife Carla's been doing graphic design work the yes, past couple of years. So yes, small yeah, so small right, world. Yeah. Uh, but how how are things in the in the mortgage world? It's been a wild couple of years, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, very much so. Very very busy. Um, we, to be frank, are doing more business than we've ever done. Um, not sure we're making more money than we've ever made, but, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it's a lot of work and with that to expand, we've got there's six of us now. Um and uh, it's growing all the time, yeah. All good.
0: Brilliant. What the money thing, is that because what the profit margins are tight? Oh, no, or... no, I'm tongue in cheek there. But yeah, uh, yeah. but
1: yeah, it's like anything. If you grow in any business you have to you have to spend more money to To, to, to...
0: reinvest back into it, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: So so we're very much in that phase of of trying to grow. Which costs money, and then and then your returns come later. You know
0: that sort of thing. And it's interesting. You were saying that your your son's been doing social media advertising, just as someone who works in the media, but that's actually paid dividends. Yeah, really really good. It
1: gets it gets word out. It spreads our message. It it sort of in in, attracts a lot of people who, uh, not for me. My clients are a bit older, as you can imagine. But for him. It's attracted a lot of followers and a lot of new inquiries that come to us from not just from word of mouth, which is which is really good. Such
0: as people, young people who are thinking, "How do I do this? What's yes. the process? Uh, is it possible?" I, I th- yeah, a lot of
1: that, but yeah. also a lot of um, because he was very young when he started with me. Mm. I think there was in some of the people around his network, people had doubts. What does he really know? Okay, yeah, he's working with his dad, but you know, mm. is, is that just something that he's doing? You know? <laughs> And five years down the line, he's shown that he's actually running a very good business, and um, and the social media helps show that mm. to other people, doesn't yeah. it? And so yeah. people are looking at it, I believe, and, and thinking, that's good, mm. that's really good. So we'll and he gets and his personality across through that, does he? Well, yeah, I, yeah absolutely, yeah, yeah, very much so. H- him, his wife, who's full time with us as well, and mm. uh, she's, she she does all of that really, um, and their little. Daughter um, Bella, who's my little granddaughter, she's on. She's on a lot of the posts <laughs> yeah, as well, gonna, which is great, you know. Yeah.
0: Um, so yeah, all good. But okay. people buy people, don't they? So that's interesting. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Always. So that family kind of thing shines yeah. through. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I mean, he must. It's interesting, this connection, because the podcast is called Sport and Life, and he's a very successful sportsman in his own right, playing elite hockey. Do you think that he's transferred that discipline into the, the working world? Uh, you? In
1: some ways, definitely, yes. I think that, that sports people have, I mean, this is really generalizing, <laughs> isn't it? But they have a certain amount of drive, mm. sometimes... Uh, and in my case and, and in Liam's, I think sometimes tend to be a bit lazy and a lot of sportsmen are.
0: <laughs> what, they peak at the, the key moments? Well, they're reference? very lazy, yeah. you know,
1: when, when, you know, not everyone works as hard as they should. I think that's mm. that's the reality. But we're now beyond that where work every day is a real challenge, you know, mm. we are so, so busy. So, um, but yeah, but sports people tend to have some drive, some ambition, looking ahead, trying to, trying to achieve something and having, and we set goals, you know we set goals every week every yeah. month we know exactly what we're trying to do in terms of figures and numbers and what have you and and i think a lot of sports people are like that it's it's you know we want a certain amount of points by this date don't we do you yes. know what i mean yeah, that, yeah. that's where we're
0: at you know yeah. that's, we so run you, it you're, absolutely. it you look at the playoffs and promotion rather than relegation absolutely. yeah that's the, yeah, yeah absolutely you yeah, know that's real that's brilliant and I'm, i appreciate well, I want to get into your story cuz i think it's it's a fascinating one as well the football for for west ham and bournemouth and I was Reading about the, the knockout FA Cup, whenever Manchester United, but quickly before we go on, there might be people who have just listened to this who think what is going on with the, the property market, that kind of thing with it, with interest yeah. rates. What's your read on what's happening? I uh, appreciate well, it's pretty yeah, great. Anyone anyone
1: who says they know what, what's going to happen in the next year six, year, six months, a year, two years, is lying basically because mm. nobody knows. Yeah, in reality nobody knows, and um, because we've never been where we are now, have we? We're, we've got a, a we could be on the verge of a world war, we've come out of a pandemic, wow. yeah. we've got constant economic um, strain, you know, nobody knows really what's going on. And the out. interest rates and for interest a lot of people, are going
0: a up. lot of the young people, I mean I presume you remember, but I've been yeah, sure. on the property ladder since 2010 and the interest rates have been low for yeah, my entire homeowner life.
1: We, we bought our first house down in Bournemouth and the interest rate was 16.25. You know. wow. so, Reality is that these things have happened in the past, but I think the big difference is that um, the percentage of your take-home pay that mm. you spend on your mortgage today is much higher than it was 30 years ago mm. um, because the lenders wouldn't lend as much money. They they would cap you at two and a half times your salary, whereas now five times. You know? yeah. So people spend more on their mortgages. They, they uh, have less disposable income sometimes, mm. and that's where a concern is where you've got
0: Less wriggle room for the, exactly, yeah.
1: and when the gas bill and the electric bill is going through the roof, it's it's a concern, you know. Mm. But it, it, you know, reality is for people like us, we've got a lot of clients, um, and we're bringing new clients in all the time. But the what's good for us is that whether people are buying or selling, or if they've got a mortgage already, they don't want to, you know anyone who's got a mortgage doesn't want to pay more than they have to, do they? So no. they want to have advice. Uh, people are thinking of selling, downsizing; they need advice. Yeah. So whatever people need to do, they need advice. And yes, that's where we. Hopefully, can come in. And know.
0: how delicate is that process? Do you have to look at people's disposable incomes and totally. be, on- be I mean, honest with them and say oh, yeah. you shouldn't commit to this yeah, yeah, because yeah. It's I mean be a it's, a, it's a
1: different world today than it was when I first started. It yeah. was literally, you know, the metaphoric back of the fag packet, you know, that sort <laughs> of thing. And uh, these days, you, you know, you have you're bound by rules and regulations, and you have to go through a massive process every single
0: time with clients. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting one because you obviously want to sell mortgages, but you don't want, you want people to be healthy and, and happy. as yeah. well. Yeah, and and
1: we do as much um, in our turnover in in uh, in protection as well. So we're we're very very big on that. So I t- when I first joined the industry in 1988, I joined a company called Allied Dunbar, which was uh, sort of known as Allied Crowbar at the time. And, um, <laughs> but they taught us how to be life insurance salesmen, and every day since I've use those things and they and it's and, and, and I believe in that. You know, mm. people when you've got kids or responsibilities or assets that you need to protect and loved ones, yeah. You have to do these things. And mm. and, and having someone who's professional and knows what they're doing, it's not about trying to flog things. Mm. It's trying to make sure that God forbid something happens to these people, that everything gets looked after properly. And that's what we try and do, you know, and uh, so we do a lot of that work. So insurance on the mortgages yeah. not just on the mortgages. We do a lot of protection work.
0: Oh, okay. So in- yeah. life insurance, lot of things like that. Yeah, critical
1: covers, income replacements, uh, business assurances. You know, we d- we do a lot of work in oh, that. Oh, brilliant! Area. And people can just reach out to go to mortgages. Yeah, do all that, for all sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, you you can find us all over the social medias and websites and whatever. Yeah,
0: brilliant. Well, let's let's go back to the the football career as well yeah. because you were we were having a chat with my wife Carla and it was painting a very different picture. I think than the modern football in terms of the opportunities for for young people because you're talking about John Lyle's West Ham United when you come through yeah. a, a local yeah. East East London boy. And um, the the challenges of of getting into that West Ham lineup, won the one that won the FA Cup in
1: 1980. Yeah, I mean, I was in that. That's that's sort of a bit of a claim to fame. I was in the squad, not on the day, but I was in the squad that year, yeah. and, and in the program. So the team photo in the program, I'm in it. You know. But what was the squad? I, got, I never got near the, it. Obviously, the squad that's was what twelve. Uh, well, the squad would have been about. Six 17 18 at the time it, mm. you have to remember in those days um there was no rotation so today as a young professional you if you're decent and you're on the fringe of the first team you're gonna play and you're and you, let's say you're 19 20 21 hmm. that's a bit young nowadays but but you know at that age you're probably gonna play five six seven eight not times a year in the Carabao cup or yeah. the early rounds of the FA Cup or if you're in europe in the in the, in the Europa League conference yeah, or whatever. F- five
0: substitutes as well. No, exactly, yeah.
1: well, you're five subs. And you know, people will, you you get around it. The, in my day, there was one sub um, and that sub tended always to be a forward because you only <laughs> ever brought them on when you're trying to chase the game, mm. generally. Mm. Um, and so I was in and around the squad for two years from, I, I left West Ham before I was 21. So I was about 20, almost 21. And I'd signed there as a schoolboy at thirteen, but but I was in the first team squad after my apprenticeships from from about yeah from about eighteen to twenty. I was yeah. in and around the team. Were you a West Ham fan? Yeah, massively. Yeah, I still am. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Did you, what did you did you remember Bobby Moore people like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, no.
1: I was that kid that was stood outside the ground in the rain <laughs> when I was seven. You know, and waiting for the. I had every autograph of every player. I knew all the apprentices. I, I you know. I loved west ham I where were they there. were they
0: training at chadley heath then was it up in chadwell that? Heath. Chadwell heath yeah, yeah that was
1: where we used to train and I, but that was miles away from, i lived near the ground so, okay, so yeah. i used to go to the ground in the holidays that that was me stood outside, side yeah getting the grass. i had i had a wonderful photo of bobby moore stood holding onto the uh post defending a corner and i and he signed it for me up the post in the white <laughs> and i had a proper photo and it was to Phil, best wishes, Bobby Moore. It was my pride and job. Where Amazing. it is? Don't know where it is. No idea. Was he?
0: Was he an inspiration as a player as well?
1: He was a. Well, I never knew him. Never yeah, met him. Yeah, but watching him, uh, watch him. He was a. He was a genius. Yeah. I mean, it's it's weird because how can he be a genius? He's five foot ten. He weren't didn't have any pace, <laughs> um, but he was just remarkable everything about him. he just looked great as well didn't he you
0: know yeah he he was just, he was i guess one of the first with george best one of the first, first football pin big pin-ups. stars yeah. yeah
1: first big stars and uh, he was a hero i mean he really was he used to drive a salmon pink jaguar Oof. around the east end <laughs> And he used to like a beer, apparently. And uh, <laughs> yeah. there's stories about
0: going up you know, up to the West End after yeah, after games. And yeah,
1: the, the, the police—you never never had him any problems. They just bring him home, you know, bring yeah. him home to his wife and say here he is. You know, look, uh, you know, be careful. It was a and different era, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it, was I don't, a it was different no breathalyzers nothing. Yeah, no, different world. And um, but yeah, the, the the side that I was—I I can't say I played with because in the reserves, yeah, yeah, because yeah. because in those days, I mean, nowadays top players don't play in the reserves yeah yeah whereas in my day you, if you weren't picked in the 12 on the saturday you played in the reserves and so we had a very strong reserve side and i was captain of reserves for two years we won the football combination as it was called in those days um and you know so so every week you are you played with and against very good footballers mm. you know, the standard of the reserve league was really good and um so the, the main players, the two centre halves, I was centre half. The two centre halves that I couldn't get out of this, couldn't get beyond. Let's say was was Alvin Martin, who was uh, England centre half yeah. at the time, and Billy Bonds, who, as I said earlier, was God, and um, he he was my he Bobby Moore firstly, and then
0: after he was that, like the yeah, heir apparent to Bobby Moore, was he blonde well, hair and he, yeah, everything I
1: mean Billy played with Bobby Moore, um, but Billy was he was a massive inspiration. He was quite a quiet man. He wasn't a vocal chase yeah. around the dressing room but he led by example and uh he was fantastic what a great guy
0: yeah, how absolutely. much was the world cup success because a lot of west ham fans still talk about that did it resonate with so what? That, that, that will
1: never happen again will it West Ham won the fa cup in 1964 hmm. at wembley and bobby moore lifted the trophy in 1965 they won the cup winners cup which doesn't exist yeah. now. but and that was at wembley yeah and Bobby Moore lifted the trophy in 1966. Three in a row. Yeah, three in a row, all at Wembley. And Bobby Moore. No. Nah, that's Jeff, never Jeff got, Hurst as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, that'll never happen again,
1: will it? And uh, you know that. And there's the statue. There's the statue of of Bobby Moore being held
0: aloft yeah. at the old West Ham ground. So, so Jeff Hurst lives in Cheltenham, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. yeah. You, do you know? Him I, him? I, no, I don't no. know him. I've met him a couple of times, but no. Yeah, I don't know him, no. that's interesting. Yeah. What a connection? But it was it was a cl- it was a club that felt like a massive club at that time.
1: Yeah, it was, it was a strange one because um, so when I. When I was a kid i was probably better when i was 14 than i was when i was 24.
0: did grow grow early was it yeah i was
1: i was i was a big kid yeah uh, so center half that helped um but i was a i could play i wasn't quick but i could play you know Mm. and at 14 i was um offered deals at man united leeds all over the country Mm. um the one i was interested in i actually went to and had a trial match um was Ipswich they were the the number one unit in the at, at that time yeah 74 5. Was that, and the, was Bobby, Robson Bobby there? Robson, yeah. 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 yeah so um it just shows what a different world again because yeah. we I went up there played a game we played we were all under 15s and we played their under 16s team their apprentices yeah and um, that included It must might have been a bit older than that. Some of their players because it was Alan Brazil and oh. you know and they had a wonderful. Yeah, player. John Walk was he? John Walk was yeah. that, that is that era. They yeah. had they that youth team produced. I think seven or eight players who went on and became top players.
0: Strange how that happens occasionally, isn't it? Everyone talks yeah. about the ninety two Man United team. Yeah, doing yeah exactly. That, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Ipswich at that time. Um, funnily enough,
1: in seventy five they played West Ham in the FA Youth Cup final, and and in mean, both sides was a lot of very very good players. Alvin Martin, Alan Kirbishley at West Ham mm. but but Paul Brush um, but Ipswich had seven or eight who went on to become proper players you know and um, but I went up to Ipswich did really well in this game and after the game um, the the coach guy said said oh uh, Bobby Bobby would like to have a chat this is mm. Bobby Ross no I haven't got my parents there I haven't got yeah. I haven't got any uh, agents what were they <laughs> there was no agents was there you know didn't even have my mum and dad there and um, so me and another chap who you will know very very well Clive Allen yeah um, we One went in t-
0: greatest goal scorers ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: We played together all throughout yeah. our kids, you know. And um, we we went in Bobby Robson, and he was like, yeah, yeah, really like, yeah, really like the pair of you. We'd like to sort of try and do something with you, and, and we like. And how do you feel about it? And we
0: were like, yeah,
1: all right, yeah, that was great.
0: What was his, what was his presence like? Because he was young then, Bobby Robson. but there's a, people talk about when you were in his... Yeah. I, I know people who've on coaching courses where he's come in and just yeah. lit up the room and said, all right, let's get out there, lads. It's raining, yeah. but let's go, let's do it. And there's I, something special I can about imagine it. that.
1: But bear in mind, when you're 15... You're not thinking about that. You're not thinking about that. And no. also, that was... 74-5 was probably before he'd built his own reputation, yeah. I, I'd think. But I, I, he was he was quite a commanding figure. And Mm. he got our names right, which probably was a good thing because he used to forget people's names. Later on, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, that was, but that's an example of how it was as a a kid growing up. And so you have all these opportunities, but unfortunately, um, my dad died. Just after. And um, because of that, I always felt I didn't want to leave home. Mm. So I, so, and I loved West Ham and, and I was probably always going to sign for West Ham anyway, which ended up happening. So I signed for West Ham. Um, but that next couple of years was fantastic because I I was very lucky to uh, be selected for England at under fifteen. So mm. I played for the England boys, and in that team, gosh, there was a number of players who went on and did very well. Clive being one of them, Clive Allen. Yeah, uh, Andy Ritchie. Remember yeah, Andy, Andy Ritchie played for Hard- Oldham Athletic Oldham, as well. Yeah. manager yeah. and coach, and yeah. Brighton and um, Brendan Ormsby, centre half. We Derek played together. Then, yeah. He played for Villa and Leeds. Uh, Mickey Fillery, Chelsea, very, yeah. very, very good player. But out of that side, you think England under 15s are, you'd have more who go on and yeah. probably half. The Is that side to do with didn't. stages
0: of development and things? Yeah. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Um, and everyone in the side was five eleven. Yeah, it was just a thing <laughs> that England did, you know. And we, it was great. I mean, uh, yeah, we we played at Wembley twice. We beat uh, Wales and France at Wembley comfortably. I scored both times. Yeah. Oh uh, wow! Must from be centre half, which was great. Um, what was that
0: like scoring at Wembley? Yeah. Well,
1: again, it was amazing. Obviously,
0: you, you can know. feel it now. You Sixty-five thousand people. Yeah, you, know, you could be I mean, back there now. If you yeah, yeah, back, yeah,
1: yeah. You you never forget that sort of yeah. stuff. Do you And uh, and then we went we went abroad and played in Holland and beat Holland. We went where else did we go? Um, ah, we went to Ger- Germany and played twice in Germany, and um, we drew and lost. Uh, we but we played in the Berlin Olympic Stadium. Really. Uh, Full house, 77,000 live on telly, you know, when you're 15. Yeah. And after that, you don't really have nerves after that because that, yeah. that was fine. And we, that, that was, you cope with that. And when I came back, I never really... You are young enough to just get on yeah, with it and then it becomes normal, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, th- that was the biggest crowd. Yeah, that that and the Wembley games were the biggest crowds I ever played in front of, you know, mm. as, as, as a pro playing in uh, fourth division, third division, that sort of thing. You know, if we got 10,000 at Bournemouth, we're, we've had a result, you know, and, uh, and that's how it was. It's still the same there now, isn't it? It's about eleven thousand. Yeah, maximum, well, that's maximum, the thing. Yeah, the it?
0: Vitality Stadium. It's not yeah. big, is it? That's the yeah. amazing thing we will talk yeah, about, yeah, yeah. Bournemouth, in, in just a sec. But oh. the, yeah, the FA Cup Final, nineteen eighty. Where where were you at, at that stage, of your you career? See. Was that the final season? Yeah, that was my
1: final season. So yeah. it, was a, it was it was a strange one. They won it. I was delighted as a fan.
0: Brooking against Arsenal was it? Yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah. that's that side was was one of the best, you know. They yeah. they had, they they had a side that. At, stripped that really in, in 86 when McAvenny and Cotty were up front. Yeah. They came third in the league, didn't they? Yeah, they were, up top, were they top early in that season. I mean, yeah, they, they, yeah. They, 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 right mm. down to the last two games, they could have won the league, mm. which is ridiculous when you think about it. But um, a lot of that side was new. But when I left, the, the side was uh, Phil Parks in goal, Ray Stewart right back, Billy and Alvin Martin, Frank Lamard left back. Um, and then midfield was Trevor. Alan Devonshire, who was amazing.
0: Mm. How good was Trevor Brooking? people? Trevor like? was...
1: You can't describe how good he was. He, yeah. Because you can't really link him to anyone who plays today. Well, because he, he broke into the box late, but he could play with the ball at his feet as well. He could was he yeah. was outstanding yeah. with the ball at his feet. Wonderful crosser at a ball. He'd let the ball... You'd play the ball into him. He'd receive the ball. And and you'd think he'd, he'd take it and go right. And he'd all of a sudden, last second, he'd let it go, run past him, and he'd turn the other way. And he'd leave people... For, for yeah, similar, to no pace. similar to Glenn Hoddle? Well, that's because... Everybody used to say that yeah. because he was so... He was very tall. He's 6'2", mm. Trevor. Not ahead or a header. Didn't... You know, <laughs> no. A bit like Glenn Hoddle. Probably good Netflix. for him, actually, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't like a tackle. But what a player. I mean, a wonderful player. Yeah, he was amazing. So he played in there with Jeff Pike, who was a, a, a real gritty sort of... <laughs> just used to knock it around and... do the hard work. A ticker, you know. he just tick it all over. And, um, and then... That side, it was. I'm trying to think now. Who else was in that side? Uh, Stuart Pearson, mm-hmm. who we signed from Man United. Man United's player, yeah, yeah. He was in. He was involved. In that. David Cross. Yeah, he he'd won the FA Cup with Man United. Pearson, I think maybe. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, I think he did. yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good side. It was a good side, and uh, yeah, I loved, I loved West Ham. Still love West Ham. Did you think but you were I'm going to be involved in that? We, I, we, yeah, I hoped. Yeah. I hoped and hoped. But funny enough. As I said earlier, I was probably better at 14, 15. Then I weren't so good at 16, 17, even though I'd signed. And mm. I, I don't know, something just didn't quite work. And then we got to 18. And
0: we, that might have been a, yeah, be a holding you back maybe, bit, Yeah, maybe I never
1: think of it like that. But um, yeah, who knows. But I got 18, I started doing very well. And that's when I sort of got me opportunity a little bit with West Ham. Um, but then it never kicked on. And, and bottom line is... The reason it didn't is that I weren't good enough. That's mm. the reality. You know, if you're good enough, you will break through, even if there's only one sub. If, but if, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're good enough, you will break through and you will get those games and you, you build a wonderful Do
0: you felt you lost a bit of momentum as well when you are on the, you kind of on the periphery for a couple yeah, of seasons? Yeah, that yeah, that felt, that
1: wasn't nice, but it, it was what it was. You just get on with it, you know, and, uh, and, then, and then, you know, going down to Bournemouth was, um, it was a breath of fresh air in the sense that, I thought, I'm going to go here and I'm going to play every week.
0: Yeah. Um, and that was two yeah. divisions down. Yeah, it was
1: so fourth th- division. Fourth division that time, yeah, yeah. But West Ham actually were in the... They'd got relegated. Oh, had they? So oh, they okay.
0: were in what was the second division. So won the Cup as a second division yeah. team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it shows you how competitive the whole yeah. pyramid was. Yeah, it yeah. was different in those days, wasn't yeah. it? You know?
1: And, uh,
0: yeah, it was different.
1: Um, but the, you know, going down to the fourth division, it was... it was it, I thought I'd go straight in, play every game. That didn't happen, so... I went there. David Webb was manager, who uh, was was really good. And and if I had to judge every single manager I ever played under, I would say he was probably the best manager. Mm. As in, he knew who to put his arm around. He he was very clever.
0: People he knew people. people he was a yeah. people
1: person, and he knew. He was a quite aggressive. Yeah. Um, I guess Chelsea ended up being his top job. Would it be? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he never he never got the job permanently there. I think mm. he was. In, yeah, in charge Interim. temporarily, and he always—that would have been his dream job because he was a hero there as a player, wasn't mm, he? You know? Yeah, and, uh, uh, he scored the winning goal in the FA Cup final in '69, I think, in that infamous Leeds game oh, where okay. yeah. they re refereed it, didn't they, a couple of years ago? And I think Gallagher, like Chopper Harris and people, like yeah, Dermot yeah, Gallagher yeah. re refereed it um, sort of <laughs> almost posthumously and and said it should have had seven reds and fourteen <laughs> yellows or something like that, you know. Uh, but yeah, so Webby Webby was was good and uh, but I didn't get straight on the side and that was very frustrating even though I should have done I was
0: yeah how you, had your ego take that off you've well, come down from um, West Ham well I never really had an ego to be honest no. I was
1: just realistic about it I wanted to play every week because I needed the appearance money as well mm-hmm. you've got to remember that in my day yeah
0: what were you getting paid as a 21 year old and what um, even relative to today's wage as well I don't know well, how you'd look okay, at it
1: so so when I was at West Ham the most I ever was 100 pounds
0: a week yeah um,
1: but Um about the, 800
0: pounds now would it, or I
1: mean, I, average earnings in those days would have been something like 10 11 grand, I would have think. Yeah, and I and so you've I, got was on five, you've I got five grand. five or six thousand pounds. Wow, as a young pro, and there's but, now
0: what do you make of that now with 17 18 year olds? Well, becoming, there's, becoming there's,
1: millionaires? there's young players, yeah, well, this is it. There's young players who will have a million pounds in the bank and are never ever going to play in the premiership, and mm. they're, they're at premiership clubs, they're not good enough, there's no way they're ever going to break through, but the clubs. Now nah, it's a business. It's yeah, a, it's a cattle market, isn't it? So they, they bring them through. They get them to a certain point. They know they have to pay them a certain wage to keep them there. But they'll sell them for three million, five million, seven million,
0: whatever. It you is. wonder how the rest of their life pans out. They walk away from football. You know, I know you don't feel sorry for people who've got that financial security, but how do you remotivate? Yeah, you how do you to, yeah. how do you how do you throw yourself back into whether it's business or yeah. hairdressing or whatever yeah. else you do afterwards? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there is no right and wrong with any of that, is there? But reality is that. Um, as I say there's a lot of young players who are never gonna yeah, they're never gonna make it and I've seen both sides of that thing um, my son Liam was at Aston Villa in the academy for 5 6 years mm. from 9 to 15 sort of thing and um, out of you know so I've seen those kids come through and I, I mean there's a documentary going around at is there moment. anyone that's playing now that was no, in the, no not one in his age group Yeah, not one kid even plays semi-pro I don't think no that, and that sums it so up. So he'd
0: have been a couple of years ahead of Lee Hendry, uh, not Lee Hendry, um, Grealish, Jack Grealish. Oh, no. way above that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We never never knew him. The, the players around in Liam's age group that uh, went on and did a little bit was um, Nathan Delfonso, yeah. Who you might know, I think he yeah. plays at Blackpool. Now, yes, doesn't he? yeah. He's t- I yeah. said appearances in
0: the Premier League, maybe or Championship, yeah. maybe yeah. Championship, maybe. Yeah.
1: He he was maybe a year or two older, and then there were the two brothers. I can't think of their names. Both both were good. Uh, Stefan, I oh, can't think of their names, mm. but they went on and did well, um, but not
0: not a Villa or in the Premier. I mean, this is underlines to be a professional sportsperson. What the chances are? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was a when I was a kid,
1: um, I played. So an example is I played for Poplar Boys. Mm. Yeah, when I was under twelves, so yeah. And we were incredibly good. We didn't lose. We 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 beat everybody. Yeah. And in that side, I've got a photo. Funnily enough, um, I've just reconnected with some of my old schoolboy pals like. And one of them's in this photo, and I sent it to him the other day. <laughs> and uh, we we both look strange, but anyway, there we go. <laughs> um but in that under twelves photo I think there's five maybe six boys who signed apprentice Mm -hmm. for their teams. Yeah. And there are three lads who went on had proper careers. And this is from an under 12s team, you know, just a local boys team, you know, whereas now you've got to be in the year that Liam left Villa, they signed 11 apprentices that year. Three were from the academy and Mm -hmm. none of that three ever got any and were gone within two years yeah the other lads were from two australians two swiss lads and american so you didn't in my day if you were the best young player in your town or your village or your area yeah, of london sharp. you'd get a chance somewhere without question yeah and we were in a hotbed in but, the East so end the, pre-
0: the premier league now is 30 percent english maybe yeah if i think that, you're right yeah. yeah
1: absolutely and i think the now you've got to be to get an apprenticeship somewhere a, pre- a premiership club uh, or even a more low, lower down you've got to be best player in the northern hemisphere you yeah. know I mean let's be honest you, yeah. you, 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 they they scout from everywhere in the world don't they mm. so the chances
0: and there is a shine that overseas players seem to have it's interesting there's a Dutch journalist called Marcel van der Kran who was talking about all the yeah. players coming from Ajax to Eerdivisie yeah. and he said I think Chelsea had come in with a £50 million offer for a Mexican midfielder they have called Edson Alvarez. Say he's a pretty average midfielder. Mm. But for some reason right now, the is in, in fashion and the Premier League clubs Everybody are throwing lots of money know. at those players. But Absolutely. actually, he said, I'm not sure that he'd be a, a resounding yeah, yeah, yeah. success. But the boy
1: born born in Cheltenham and and, yeah. and, and
0: who's in the Villa Academy. Yeah. He's not. Or well, people seen like quite people like Reuben Loftus Cheek have struggled to get in at Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, and Barkley going to Nice. Yeah.
1: On, on, uh, having his contract cancelled. Yes, that's an odd one as well. Well, I mean, he, he was he, always a decent player. We scored some of the best goals yeah.
0: in the last ten years, is not he? Going
1: to England or So that, you know, surely you'd have thought that mm. somewhere, someone would want him at a good level and pay him the money he needed, you know.
0: And go back to Bournemouth. though, you, you sort of reset. You, you found your way into the team.
1: Yeah, so I didn't really play. Uh, there was an injury um, to one of the centre-halves. I played, maybe my debut against Darlington Yeah, at home, um, which was the first half an hour. The ball was just going around me at my head at 1,000 <laughs> miles an hour. Was it
0: different? Obviously, you dropped down for Division 2, you said, or you've been in the squad at Division 2. Yeah. What was the difference then? Because we look yeah. at it now, don't we? Fourth League Division. 1 would be massively different than the Premier League in terms of the style of play.
1: Yeah, uh, style of play... Under Webby at Bournemouth, we played four four two, and we got it wired, crossed it in, all about, didn't lump it, you know, we, yeah. we were a football side. And we got promotion in the first year that, we, that I was there. Um, but the, in terms of the, um, the uh, not style of play, but the, the quality of play, I would say, 30 years ago, now I would say this, wouldn't I, but 30 mm. years ago, without doubt, in my mind, the footballers at that level were better than what they are today. Really. So when I watch any lower league football, do
0: you go down to watch Cheltenham?
1: I don't go, but I've yeah. seen some games. I, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I'll be honest with you, I don't. I don't really like football that much. Really? Um, I love it. You did it. And I and I sort of don't like it. It's yeah. It's a it's a love hate relationship. Is it? What
0: well, is it like a past relationship where you have to leave it? You know, like yeah, a, a girlfriend, ex girlfriend, or whatever. Yeah, I,
1: yeah I, I don't know. You know, I mean, maybe that sounds a bit silly, but but I love my football. I like watching. What I like watching, you know, and uh, but I wouldn't go just for the sake of it, sort of thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, so so reality, I think the players thirty years ago, forty years ago, playing in the lower leagues were better footballers, but
0: more kids playing maybe at that time.
1: I, I think know. the the reason they were better footballers is that the Premiership clubs didn't carry thirty five man squads, okay. so they'd bring young players through, yeah. and they'd let them go, and they'd end up playing in the third division, fourth division, okay, yeah. In addition, the better players who have very, very good international careers or first division careers, let's say back in those days, they never earned the money. So when they get to 32, they come and play, don't they? For, yeah. So when I was at Bournemouth, they set the tone. We played, uh, I played with Eddie Kelly, who played for Arsenal and Leicester, scored a winning going in a cup final, Charlie George. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. How could we see? He was very, very good. Yeah. He only played a few games, but Charlie played. A guy called Steve Carter, who um, Steve was starting at Man City uh, in in the early 70s when they were a top, top side. Mm. Young, right yeah, they up. won
0: trophies at the end of 60 years. Yeah, early, very much yeah. So.
1: And uh, he went to Derby, Notts County, when Notts County were in the Premiership, believe it or not. Um, and he was, what a player he was. And uh, he played 70, 80 games for Bournemouth, you know. And this is the point I'm making. So I played against. Yeah. Some of the centre forwards I played against, like a guy called Tony Brown, who was a hero at West Brom, mm. and he finished and went to Torquay, you know, and, <laughs> and played for two years at Torquay. Trying, um, trying try to think, somebody I, I can't think it off the top of my head, but that that meant that every week you're playing with and against very, very good mm. players, and it's not like that in the No, it seems to now. Have died down. There is that process. You know, I even...
0: can't,
1: I can't think of any top player.
0: That now, who's yeah? To, even people like Clive Walker, when I was a kid, were playing well, he lower. Played for, he played for Cheltenham, yeah, yeah, and he was you know a, a great player at the top exactly, of the game at exactly. one point. And yeah. that doesn't happen now, Mickey because, Thomas as well, because they've yeah, made yeah.
1: enough money and they don't want to mm. play in the lower league. The guys today who are playing in the lower league are fitter, stronger, on average, much bigger um, than than we were, n- no doubt about it. And they're sharp and strong and you mm. know, really effective.
0: Bit sports science in there and things.
1: All of that. But I just feel... But as I said, I would say that one not I, I just feel that we, in our era, there was better players um, in, in, in the lower leagues. Yeah, I do think
0: that. And your motivation even going, if you're going to be a First Division player in those days, you your, your motivation is to play football for a living, but knowing you've got to do something afterwards, isn't it? Where it's a different dynamic now with, yeah. with Premier
1: League players. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say I knew a lot of players in the lower leagues who actually had other things going on whilst they were playing yeah, as well. Yeah, um, And that, I always, after I had my first injury, um, uh, and was told I'll never play again at 23, and then it took me nine months to get back. I got back, played seven games, just about started getting it going again, and i get smashed again, and my other knee completely- the other one. Yeah, completely smashed my other knee. And they said, you're never gonna play again again, and it took me another nine months to get back. Now. I wasn't quick before i had the knee injury <laughs> so you lose a half yard you never ever got to yeah. get back to where you think you might so when i was at bournemouth uh, uh, 22 23 we had we got promotion in our first year uh, then we had the, a really good cup run we we beat man united as ja- january 1984
0: <laughs> this wasn't it yeah yeah
1: yeah and uh that's still yeah
0: people two, talk about 2-0 against Man United but it was it was a real 2-0 as well and it was the cup they were the cup holders the they time. were the cup holders
1: Ron Atkinson the manager um, I mean if you'd like I can tell you some stories about that yeah
0: yeah do it that's a good because Harry Redknapp's now the manager yeah. and didn't he, he he wound you up yeah, a little bit Redknapp, absolutely. he told you that the United boys yeah. are off watching racing in the build up to yeah, the game absolutely all that sort of stuff and it's all true
1: I mean that's all true you know? yeah. there's no doubt about that we had the we went for a pizza the day before uh, Harry uh knew the guys it was called la lupa's in 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 where was it now i kind of think there was three or four of them and i can't remember can't, uh, can't remember which one we went to anyway we go to la lupa and we have pizza the day before and we're all together and uh, harry tells ian lee the goalie you keep a clean sheet tomorrow. You have uh, no. It was the guy who owned La Lupa says yes. to Harry, says to says to Ian Lee, the goalie, if you keep a clean sheet, you can have free pizza.
0: This this, this this panicked Harry didn't he? Because he was a big lad already. Oh, he was or, a yeah. big lad. Yeah, yeah, he liked a pizza. Five ten, but quite five ten. Yeah, both ways. Yeah. Um. But no, he, he he
1: good lad actually Ian, very good lad, and he um, kept the clean sheet, but later Harry bought La Lupa's. How yes he, owned he, 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 he said that up it's rescinded <laughs> that doesn't stand anymore you know that sort of thing but um, yeah on the day we get there we always felt we had a chance we had some good players in our side uh, ray train who you might remember played mm. uh, played for watford played a lot of first division yeah. football he was in the side stevie carter who I mentioned earlier um yeah so we we had a decent side and um who who was in their team robson well this is the thing Brian That's why I'm saying yeah. it's a real 2-0. We actually beat them mm. and we played really well and they didn't play well. We we it, we didn't kick them off the park. We played really well. They had the only people they had missing was they bought Graham Hogg for his debut, mm-hmm. centre half. Yeah. Who ended up playing a lot of games for Man United Scotland. So he weren't a bad player. It was no. his debut. And then they had an injury with one sub after Alberton got injured at left back. Yeah. And Lou Macari had to come on and play left back. Did he?
0: And he's usually what? Center right forward. midfield or
1: centre forward, midfield, forward. forward. Yeah, little guy yeah, played yeah, off the. Yeah, floor. Yeah. but they had uh stapleton um
0: so you were marking stapleton uh, yeah yeah
1: yeah we played them the year before they, they had a very good side brian robson was playing um i'm trying to think who else duxbury ray wilkins uh, ray didn't play in that game so, yeah. so there's another story but yeah. um but yeah they had a proper side out it wasn't they they uh, Arthur Graham was playing. Yeah, um, they had a good side. Gary Bailey in goal.
0: Yeah, so they had a proper side. McQueen there. That's tenth half or no? He'd no. gone. He'd okay. gone. Yeah,
1: um, but we 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 beat them. And and um, you know, Ian Thompson scored. And Milton Graham, who was really good pals with me. I haven't seen him for years. Don't know
0: where he is. Um, I've re- I read somewhere that I think. Milton is working in a company that makes fuse boxes or something. In, and then, well, he went to Peterborough yeah. and he's he he a teacher at in Swansea. Or yeah, yeah, definitely. I that, Tomo, yeah. Tomo is
1: definitely a teacher in Swansea. Yeah. I haven't spoken to him, but I know people who know him. Yeah, and I go down to Swansea a lot, so like one day, hopefully, we're touch base. But um, yeah, he um, Milton scored, which was fantastic for him. Uh, sort of a uh, young boy out of Walthamstow, um, and uh, yeah, he he was a good friend. He lived with me and my wife with his partner and their little boy for about six
0: months. So the kinship with him and, and yeah. Harry, Harry's an East End boy as well. How yeah, 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 um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, Harry, interesting. I, I had periods where I did really well with him and it was great and I really liked him. And then I had periods where I, I, I he, I always felt he let me down a few times and and I probably let him down, you know, but, um, so yeah, I'm. it's a bit of Marmite with me with, with Harry, but he's been
0: amazing. Let's be honest. I, we- I love, yeah he's, the person you saw him become was he was he the same was he was the same character that you saw at Bournemouth when he was, he was a, always he yeah. was I mean
1: when when we first went to Bournemouth I said he was the coach uh, but he was probably getting paid a pittance you know literally mm. and uh, he was selling cars at the, as well as doing the coaching yeah and he used to off of his drive he was and he, he had a um, fast eddie what was it I can't remember his surname a guy called <laughs> fast eddie and he would help, and he would have little business ventures with Harry, like you know. And uh, but yeah, Harry, that was him. Yeah, he the was. Timing that
0: he, he got lucky. That obviously his career was successful. He went up upwards in management to West Ham places like that. But the, yeah. the money just got so much more in oh, the, yeah, the Premier yeah, yeah, League. Yeah, he, he obviously
1: I I won my bet. He earns more than that, than he ever did though. So yeah, yeah, with with all the stuff he does outside, you know, mm. which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, massively successful
0: and and a really good motivator. Really good moment. So, what did he tell you? I and mean, he told you about them watching, sitting in the bar. Or something yeah. So he basically said,
1: yeah, that the Man United players, he, he came in twenty to three, and said they're they're still in the bar watching the racing. That's how much they think of you lot, you know, and all this sort of stuff. And so it's like, Ooh. but yeah, we, we we tore into them and gave them no no space, no time, and and we deserved to win. I mean, without a doubt. And the the strange thing is, you, you get to the next round, you get drawn away to Middlesbrough. Mm. And uh, it gets cancelled on the weekend because of the weather. We go up there on a Tuesday night or whatever it is. On a day. On a day. It, so, yeah. the day, yeah. it was awful. And um, It's
0: got to be 300 miles. It, yeah, it? it was a long way. Yeah, a long way. We
1: had a few of those. I mean, yeah. Carlisle away. That was a good one yeah. from Bournemouth. <laughs> you, um, on a Tuesday night. You oh. got back. It was light at the time you got back. You yeah. Know, um, yeah uh, we went up there. And to be honest, we went out with the, without really much of a fight. I'll be honest. We... I actually I remember playing really well that day. Um, mm. But we, yeah, we just didn't really click at all. And we lost 2-0 and it was a bit of a damp squib, as they say. But know. that
0: Bournemouth result against United lives on, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Ron, Ron Atkinson, little post-match interviews with him being a bit churlish. About oh, it he, and, was,
1: yeah. he was vile. Yeah, mm. I mean, vile about it. You know. And uh, He should have had a bit more class. You know. mm. He should have just said, well, we, we were poor, they did well. Good luck to him, yeah. but he didn't.
0: You know, he was quite. He, how good know. was Brian Robson that day? Did it, How did he play? Uh, he was. He was. England captain. Less time, effective. Yeah. yeah.
1: The, the, the strange thing is, which leads back from this story, is we played Man United the year before in the in the League Cup, whatever it was called then, probably the Coca Cola or the Rumbelows or the before, Little, yeah. Yeah. Woods, Milk Milk Cup, Milk Cup, yeah, one of them. Yeah. But we played them in a two-legged game, and um, we go up there first leg. We played. Harry played. Harry hadn't played for seven years. He we had so many injuries. Harry played right wing and scored an own goal in the first five minutes. It just he was, it just hit him on the knee and went in. Yeah. Um, but we played really well, and it was one nil. Last kick of the game, uh, they score. Frank Stapleton scores, and um, it was a. And I'm not exaggerating. It was five yards offside. It weren't. It weren't a foot offside. It yeah. was so offside. It was ridiculous. You know. And they didn't give it, and they win 2-0. So we come back to the, the home leg, and we go 1-0 up. And they get a penalty, which I gave away, which was was just a <laughs> terrible decision again. But again, I would say that, wouldn't I? It's one of those ones where the defender dives in, gets the ball, stands up with the ball, and mm-hmm. comes away with it. You know, mm-hmm. It's like a slide thing, and yeah. So I thought
0: you were aggressive, too aggressive. Or... And and yeah. it, he
1: said I, I caught the I caught the player, and and, and I, I completely got the ball and go, anyway whatever. So they score the penalty, um, and we, we we then score again, and you know it was a really close game. But the, the 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 outstanding event on the night was Whiteside was playing, so I'm I'm picking up Whiteside most of the game, and mm. the, the ball from midfield into him, I've got in front of him, um to intercept and he's just shoved me and I've flown forward and I've head Ray Wilkins in the face Oof. and I'm like a projectile going forward yeah. at pace you know breaks his jaw depressed fracture of the cheekbone um, serious stuff he's the current England captain and the current Man United captain and um, It was a serious thing and I think it was at Atkinson again and that's why I said he was vile. He was vile that night because he was acting as if I'd deliberately done it and it was a complete and utter accident. And the ref knew that. He just said, look, I I can't book you. What was Ray Wilkins, Butch Wilkins like? An absolute superstar. He Mm -hmm. was a gentleman. He was amazing. Anyway, so the next day he gets stretched off. So next day I go and see him in Paul Hospital. He had to stay in and had to have an operation and what have you. I uh, went in and he said, look, Phil, we, he's from um, Bethnal Green, and okay, um, yeah. that area, and he played for a team called Senrab, who sort of everyone played for Senrab, but Senrab in my era we, were not as good as Poplar Boys, like I said, so, so we all played for Poplar Boys, but yeah, so he, I went in there, and I, I knew his younger brother and this sort of stuff, and um, so I, I just said, look, I'm really sorry it happened, he said, look, it's absolutely not your fault, don't worry about it. But in hindsight, it was quite a strange thing because he lost his Man United captaincy. He lost the England captaincy and Bob, Bob Brian Robson took over mm. and became hey, the man time. he became. Yeah, um, And Ray never really got back into the Man United side and they sold him to AC Milan, which was, in his own words, was one of the best things that ever happened yeah. to him.
0: You know? So Luther Blissett had gone around that time
1: as well. He was there that? with him. Yeah. yeah, he was there with him. So um, we go, let's fast forward to 19... 19- 94 yeah so I was, i'm six years into um my new career and mm-hmm. with allied dunbar i joined as just a, a self-employed salesman and um just commission only that was it and then they offered me a manager's job so i became a, a branch manager for them and did that for about 12 years and and how i managed the branch and work was just like a football team that yeah was, i was first in last home arms around the shoulders, give them a in, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was all just about football teams, you know, just about sport and about psychology of sport. you know. Um, but we're in a big meeting, uh, an awards meeting up in um, London, and I'm going into the Royal Lancaster Hotel, walking through the doors. I've got my team with me, hmm. and we walk in, and I look across to my left, and there's Ray Wilkins. He looks across, sees me and goes, Brignall. <laughs> Don't come near me. And he and he was in top hat and tails. And it was the day he was going to the uh, Buckingham Palace
0: to get his MBE or OBE. Wow. Or, he probably what, was he still playing at QPR at the time as well? Ninety four around remember, that time. It was around ninety four because he was still pulling the strings in the, yeah, in the Premier League Yeah, era. absolutely. Yeah,
1: and and that was quite a, you know uh, that he immediately just said, "Don't come near me he today." Was, he,
0: obviously, the late great. Ray Wilkinson, well, yeah, he'd absolutely. come into Sky and just be wonderful, like, oh, "How yeah. are you?" and what sort of yeah, very, yeah. Big, but sincere. You know, some people yeah, do absolutely. that as a, an act, but he seemed to remember people, remember about them, and he was very, mm. very, very kind guy.
1: I agree, and um, yeah, very uh, what, and a wonderful player. And he had he had that period where he'd got a lot of abuse. They like used to, you know, call him the crab because he went sideways all the time and <laughs> didn't go forward, and he got a lot of abuse. But what a great player! Yeah. When when you think he was captain at Chelsea was, at eighteen, you know. Not many people can do that, can they?
0: Let's no, be honest. Yeah. no, that's extraordinary. Mm. So after that that period at Bournemouth, you had the injuries. Were you sort of looking beyond that at that stage about what yeah. you might do?
1: Yeah, So I always knew that this industry was what I wanted to work in. Um, when I was expecting, or my wife was expecting our first Ryan um, in 1985, I contacted another ex-footballer who was working for Allied Dunbar. Funny yeah. enough. And I said to him, Look, I need some life insurance because with my dad dying, uh, I was only 14. Sure. And my dad was only 41. And I, th- I thought, like, you know, I need to do something. So I bought some life insurance from this ex footballer who worked around like <laughs> Dunbar, a guy called Pete Johnson. And uh, he, and I, I looked at it, and I'll be very frank, I, I, I doubt Pete will ever hear this, but um, I looked at it, and Pete wasn't the brightest lad, but he was a nice guy, and he, mm. he, he knew a lot of people. Yeah. And when the illustrations all came through from the insurance I bought, it was £25 a month. And I think he got paid like 500 quid or whatever. It really? was a commission or 400 quid whatever. That's it was quite a lot at that time. Yeah, 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 And I'm looking at it thinking, that's all right, isn't it? <laughs> and he used to drive a brand new BM every two or three years. And I thought, that's... If he can do that... Paid off up front. Yeah, I yeah. can do that. Yeah. You know, I, you know, I could do yeah. that. And that was... Uh, that sowed the seed. And so when I... Um, we all, as footballers, had this. It was called the Combined Insurance Company of America, and it was like this little silly little accident policy that there was a loophole, and footballers could have it.
0: Hmm. And
1: if you got injured, even though you still got paid, you were injured, and they used to pay you. So every footballer bought one. You know, oh, right, it's a bonus. It was yeah. just yeah, it was just a. And I had a lot of claims because I was injured <laughs> all the time. And um, uh, the guy who used to do that, Clive Tildsley, I think his name was, really nice guy. Down in Bournemouth and I, I said to him, Can I come out with you There's and a you called something similar. Yeah, Yeah, something yeah, yeah. right yeah. <laughs> and um and I went out with him and watched him work and 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 the reality was back in those days there was no real compliance, there was no real rules and regs. It was just about do you can you can you associate with people? Can yeah. you connect to people? Understand you
0: know? what they're going through.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Can you create connection? And I thought, yeah, I could I could do that and um, so I always knew that's what I wanted to do and then I smashed my knee again. So I went down to Cardiff. um, Yeah. So Bournemouth came to an end, I had this bad injury. Um, Harry didn't, he basically said you can leave, which was fine, which was Mm -hmm. fine. Um, I thought I was going on a free transfer and then they, right at the last minute, they said no, we need a transfer fee. (laughs) And so all the deal I negotiated for me had to go to the club and and, you know, that's, Uh, that happened as well, Uh, but anyway. So I signed for Cardiff, um, which was which was all right. I I loved my time in Cardiff. We lived there for ten years in the end. But a oh, uh, wow. lovely place, love Cardiff. Yeah, I lived in Penarth, and um, it was a really nice
0: place. It's Made funny we would have been in Cardiff in place. about eighty three. My brother was born, so it's yeah. Not, not, so yeah, yeah, I was there. Time. I
1: was there eighty six seven. Okay, I yeah. played forty five games or something like that. I signed under Alan Durban. You might remember that name. Bring the he name. Was, he was well. Welsh player played for derby when derby were brilliant with um dave mckay oh, and yeah yeah and um then became a very successful manager uh sunderland manager um managed a few different was manager of cardiff real gentleman he signed me um and but got we we, we got relegated
0: which division were they in third going into but the
1: fourth when i signed there we were in the bottom three and and stayed in the bottom three just about when nearly escaped It was very away to Derby was the one that got us they were the kings and we went 1-0 up Nigel Vaughan scored a fantastic goal oh, he was a good player Nigel and um, uh, we thought and, and they they one of their guys gets down to the left crosses it gets caught on the wind goes in the top corner like it's Oof. and that's two minutes to go and we yeah. end up losing and, and that was us down anyway so Cardiff was we, we played in the 14th but he, Alan got the sack and then Frank Burrows took over now Frank I don't know if you've ever met Frank no um so, Frank is uh, six foot four, Glaswegian. <laughs> yeah. Tough man, fair man, but a real old school. No nonsense. Tough guy, yeah. And um, he basically, I played about three quarters of the year, uh, hurt me calf, got out the side, um, missed two games, and then I came back and he said, No, you're training with the kids. And I'm like, I have six games to go, and I'm thinking, well, I know where this is going, you know.
0: And you're sort of 26. I'm at the 26
1: time. at the time, and, and I know where this is going. So I, I went in and said to him, look, let's just be honest, and you tell me early, and then I can sort myself mm. out, maybe. And he said, yeah, I'm going to let you go. And, uh, and I said, do you mind me asking why? He said, yeah, we're signing uh, Nigel Stevenson from Swansea in my position. And he said, um, I said, okay. I said, that's interesting. He said, yeah, he said, well, he earns £50 pound a week less than you. He said, so. <laughs> why, why, why wouldn't I? So, you the know? finances were so tight. Uh, yeah. That was how it was. You know? yeah. And he, he said, so we're going to save a little bit of money there. He said, unfortunately, you've got to go. And I was like, yeah, okay. And it was at that point I decided, okay, so if I ever have another injury, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just going to stop. But I'm going to give it one last shot. And I had loads of offers to go semi-pro at the time. And I really considered it because I was going to start doing the... Insurance what, and stuff. that would be
0: what, train Tuesday, Thursday, play Saturday, would it, if you done gone If semi-pro? you go semi-pro,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. The, the semi-pro in the 80s, was, I mean, it's very lucrative today. Well, they're not really semi-pro
0: today. It's a bit blurred in the sort of National League, isn't it? I think well, most of are full most time. them are full-time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we've yeah. actually got some clients who, yeah. who play in that. But I think there are still some players who say it's almost better than doing a job and, absolutely. and playing. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: You get, well, the guys I know are full-time, proper full-time. I mean, there ain't time much really to do much else. But... Back in the day, it was very lucrative to play a good, um, a good semi-pro team. Yo, were very, very good. Mm. Paid a lot of money. You don't have to train every morning. You train a couple of nights. Yeah, that was it. And you could have built a business around that, you know. And um, so there was that. That I I got a lot of offers. and I thought, no, I'm going to give it one last shot. And John Lewis was manager of uh, Newport County, and he, John Lewis played for Wales, played for Cardiff, uh, good good player. And um, he his assistant was Roger Gibbons, who you might know the name, played for mm. Spurs, Cambridge, Cardiff, yeah. good good guy. Anyway, they said, look, come over, big cap, we want you to be captain, um, two year contract, great. So I said, okay, I'll do it. We got there, um, we had. The first eleven was good. Soon as beyond the first eleven were kids. Yeah, it was one of those. So we start off. We we I think we draw the first game. We then lose at home, win away. It was it was going okay. It was all right. We'd have been all right. And and then in the same week, I I smash my leg up, and um, another lad gets injured, and it, it, and they end up going bankrupt. Basically, that was the Newport County story. Yeah, and uh, not because I was injured, but because <laughs> they had terrible debts. Um, but yeah, so I, I was down at Exeter. Just went in for a normal tackle, and as soon as I, I, I as soon as it happened, I knew something had gone. And so this was on the Saturday. On the Sunday, I drove to West Ham and went and saw their infamous uh, physio a guy called Rob Jenkins, who is a, a you know a, a well known character. Yeah, lovely fella. And he just sat me down and and he sort of did a few things: held me leg, held me ankle, moved my ankle about forty five degrees. Whoa. Uh, to the side where he said you've you've just you've torn everything in your knee all your cruciate ligaments you know? everything yeah. the whole thing and he said Phil you know now's the time I think you
0: know yeah and I had it and I'm still to, a young man
1: yeah and I had it operated on and the, the surgeon said yeah what we're going to do we're going to do carbon fiber implants or we're going to you'll be playing in you know I said to him no I don't want it done I want you to tidy it up do the best you can uh, I'm going to stop and he said no, no, no. I said no, and I made him in front of witnesses say that he won't do that because yeah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have all that done, and um, so they yeah. just tidied it up. Well, you didn't want to risk that. I didn't want. To, well, it was it was very embri- um It was very yeah embryonic at the time that uh, that operation, and, and I knew players who'd had the carbon fiber implants and these, their bodies had rejected it. Okay, and it caused them huge problems. And, yeah, and I just didn't want to have it. And I just thought, no, I'm going to finish. You know,
0: and you were probably um, looking at the, f- the money you could make. The well, it was just in, other industry and thing. Actually, well, is it worth playing. I, I had, had no kid? idea. I'll be honest. I yeah. had no
1: idea. Yeah. So, um, so I I, I, I said I'm going to retire uh, on ill health grounds. Obviously, um, I got paid four thousand pounds from the PFA. That was it. Um, my two year contract wasn't paid up in any shape or form because Newport were on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah.
0: So I. And you'd be down the list of creditors. Yeah. Totally.
1: There was no way anything was going. On. So I walked away. I had nothing, four grand. Uh, we had one car, me and my wife. And I, and I started with Ally Dunbar on the Monday after. So, um,
0: How did you, when you look back at happiness, is hard to gauge, isn't it? How did your happiness compare in the new career versus the, the well, life bear of a footballer? In mind, I
1: always said that if I have another injury, I'm going to finish. So because the last four or five years I'd played, my career had started. At 22, 23 at Bournemouth. I'm being told, oh, so and so fancies you. You know, so and so's going to make a bid. Yeah. You know, I was doing very well. Bournemouth. It's always a telltale sign. They offer me a new, a new two-year contract. They ain't doing that if 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 there ain't people trying to sign you. You sure. know what I mean? So so you know something's happening, and then you get the injury, and from there on in, it was just a downward spiral. And I never, and I knew I'm never going to get back to where I want to be. Yeah. So what's the point? Really? Isn't
0: Did your what? wife feel better about you being in a different job?
1: No, no. Not, not massively because no. I, 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 bear in mind, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I didn't want to hurt, because it was always a worry having all the operations yeah. and all that, you know, obviously. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't, she didn't care if I was a footballer or not a footballer, I mean. But bear in mind, I've left football with nothing, literally, mm. not a penny. The four grand I got, um, I had to go and buy her a car because... I needed a car to go to work, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So I spent three thousand five hundred pounds on a car for her. And that was it. Yes, you know, that was it. And then I started self-employed, commission only. Whoa! So it an How much did you time. make the first month? Well, I made, I made more in my first year than I'd ever earned playing football.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow! But it never felt like that. No. But but yeah. In a way, players of that era. It, there was no indecision, was there? You had to crack on, you had to get a oh, job. Whereas it, now I think yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a process where they kind of had this identity crisis, and not sure what to do, and, and everything they do, even coming to the media, suddenly you're getting a massive pay reduction. Yeah. It, it must feel strange. Yeah, I mean,
1: footballers are a, and always have been in fairness, but I probably think even more so now, you'll you, you know better than I, but they're a, they're a unique bunch. Mm. Um, they're very yeah. entitled. They feel that everything. Uh, I mean, I'm really generalizing here, but some quite people will the feel top level, quite looked yeah, after. Every aspect, of everything life of their lives it, yeah. is taken care yeah. of. So, put that guy. You know, people talk about stress and pressure. which, you know, you, you're trying to um, get in the top six to get into Europe, or you're trying to win something. I tell you what, stress and pressure is mm. when you got kids mm. and you're, you, you you haven't got any money and you've got to pay your mortgage. You know, yeah. that's, that's stress. You know, and yeah. um, and and I'm not sure that those two things are connected. But you know what I'm trying to I had to a say. rugby
0: player who sat opposite me last week, Luke Sheriff, used to play for Harlequins and Nottingham, and he, no, he, name, he yeah. now has proverb Skin, and he, he's got some stuff up at Cowley Manor, so he was down here selling some products um, last week. But he said exactly the same thing. He said there's always this trend where footballers, rugby players, whoever, go into businesses and do these speeches to inspire people. But he said, actually, you do it the other way around, probably more inspiring, because he's got friends who are owning businesses, trying to pay all those employees, yeah. car dealerships, whilst you've got, the fluctuations in price trying to make a profit he said that is that's different different world he said. yeah it is
1: it is and and i'm not saying that for a minute that what i went through was was more difficult less difficult whatever it was but it was just you i think to be honest with you m- my wife and i both from the east end of london and if you want something in life you've got to go and get it yourself haven't you mm. I, that's all right i don't think anyone yeah, yeah. has ever owed me anything and yeah and, and a lot you know,
0: of successful people from that Part of the world, isn't he? People yeah. like Barry Hearn and a lot yeah. of the big yeah, characters. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: you know, I, I, am sure, absolutely certain, it's the same in loads of areas around the country. But when you're bought up and you haven't got anything, yeah, we had nothing as kids. You,
0: you got millions you know, of people competing with you around you. You just had to fight for everything you
1: had, and and and, that, and growing up, that sort of gives you a little mm-hmm. bit of an edge. I always felt because I came from that area that I, I, I was going to be okay. But, I, but it's, it's a impre- weird thing. But it's but
0: impressive but when you've got that pressure on your back. You've got to get a commission because I imagine when you go into people's houses trying to sell them a product, you're thinking, I need to make this sale. But actually, you yeah, can't act like that. you got, no, to, you you got to act relaxed.
1: You act, you, you act the absolute opposite of that. Yeah, you almost know? like,
0: and oh, don't, you know. I always, I always, what it is.
1: the whole of my time in financial services, I don't believe I've ever sold a policy. Mm. I've never sold a policy. I've explained to clients yeah. why I think it would be a good idea that they. Should
0: have this policy, but you don't try and scare them and say you should, but, you've got to get this or. But I, you know? but yeah. I don't think
1: I've ever sold anything. People no. buy loads, but I ain't selling it. They're buying it, you know, and mm. it's a subtle difference. But what we try and do, we act, we actively bringing it up to, to today. We actively, when we're going through protection sales, we sort of make sure that they never overcommit. So, you know, if someone says how much, and we say to them, how much a month can you afford to spend? And they'll say £50. And we say, okay, well, what we'll do is we'll keep it at 40 then, or whatever it yeah. is, because I, we don't want people overcommit. This is for insurance, not this mortgages. Is, no, doesn't yeah, say course, mortgages. Yeah. That would be, no, yeah, be, <laughs> be true. true. But you know true. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, you, you, you're you very mindful of that. You're not selling. You're, you're providing them with a service, and you're providing them with good
0: advice. Is that been a difficulty, do you think, looking at the landscape, that salaries haven't gone up as much as, at the like, moment, things like yeah, mortgages, sure. etc., have gone up. Yeah,
1: for sure. Mortgages are going up. The bills are going up. Everybody's stretched, yeah. aren't they? You know, and uh, and that's why when you get your bank statements through and you're paying this amount of money out to Aviva or LNG or whatever it is on your protection, you don't look at it and it make and it make you
0: wince. Yeah. You know, you look at it and you think, I know why I've got that. That's okay. We're paying fifty-seven quid for our cat's health insurance at the moment because he's well, he's got about three or four medical. That's an like, what is that 700 That's seven hundred quid a year. That's a great year. comparison. A, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, too many clients who we, we meet. Have got pet insurance yeah. and they've got mobile
0: phone insurance, yeah.
1: but they haven't got their lives insured or their incomes no. insured. And I've got mine
0: through my work because we were self employed and got made to go staff, but yeah. I hadn't sorted that out before. But it was around the same time I became a dad, so hopefully I would have done that anyway. But yeah, yeah, we yeah, have I to look it. at our wife, actually, my wife actually because we said yeah, scenarios could be reversed or of course, who knows. Of course. Because I might have to. Shall I start th- selling then? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you just start to think about the permutations, don't you? Not to be morbid, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's the, the real it. world, isn't yeah.
1: it? We all know. I mean, I've unfortunately dealt with many death claims and, and serious illness claims. So, clients of mine who have died or been seriously ill, and I've metaphorically and physically delivered the checks to them. Mm. So, I've been through that process, you know. And, and my youngest claimant on critical illness was twenty-six. A girl had breast yeah. cancer at twenty-six. Um, I had a lad who was twenty-nine, thirty, who had a uh, stroke and claimed on his critical illness policy, you know. So, yeah,
0: things happen, don't they? They do. Know. So what's what's next for you then? Next for
1: me, um, well, I'm 61, um, so you'd think it would be about retirement and talking about next, you know, things for us, but uh, completely the opposite.
0: Um, Feels like you love, the love the job. Love it,
1: love it. Yeah, I love working with my son. Um, he's doing really, really well. So every day we're very, very busy, but uh, it's 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 a pleasure. Yeah. Because
0: people talk about working with family members, it can be quite strange. Yeah, I'm
1: sure it can. I'm sure it can, and we have our moments, of course, but we've never, Liam and I have never had uh, a crossed word in the work sense. Have
0: you seen him on the weekend and and have a beer? Do do you switch off from work talk? Do you have a time? Do you designate, or is it always a (laughs) bit bit of both? It's always about work, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, For the last two years, he's been captain of. um, After he stopped playing the hockey, he he, he played played for Great
0: Britain. How many? 70 caps for. 72
1: caps for Wales. Wales. Yeah. yeah, Because uh, he was born in Cardiff, so he ah, chose to plus. play for Wales. Yeah. yeah. So he played for Wales, 72 caps. He played GB under-21s uh, hockey, um, um, but that was him done. He then, after he stopped doing that, he, he played a bit of football because he'd been at Villa Academy. So he was, always, he was a decent footballer and he mm. played for the local team, uh, the Sarries. Oh, um, yeah. He played for that Where do they
0: play? Where's the uh, off of Chicksby
1: Road uh, yeah. up near where the KFC is? I oh think yeah, what that, where it's called.
0: Yeah, they sort of Kingstech Industrial estate yeah, that sort, sort of area. on left Near side where is. the Cheltenham yeah. Town train up there, don't they? Around that area, yeah. Yeah, but that yeah, sort of area. Yeah.
1: But, but he played there for two years in the Hellenic League. Um, enjoyed that, but but gave that up as well because of commitment. Did um, he play in the
0: same position in hockey and football? Was he attacking, uh, defending, or? Yeah,
1: he did actually. He was a sort of sort of more defender than attacker but, but midfield it's
0: quite similar isn't it when you watch it it's just with a stick and a small ball in terms of the positions
1: but that's yeah, that's that's a that's, positionally definitely yeah, and yeah. the fact as a kid he played a lot of football really helped his hockey because you see it 3D You'd, you know most hockey players they just pass along the floor Liam always from a very early age would pass over the top and oh, nice. and that was football because yeah. you know you, you see it. runs and yeah. you know that sort of thing and then but there, he's played cricket quite a bit lately so the last few years he's been the captain of Charlton King's Cricket Club, and and and, and I've been the scorer. I'm the official <laughs> scorer, so so that's my press, activity, pressure. yeah. Oh, you have to really concentrate.
0: Yeah, wides and oh, all, the whole thing. Stuff, so yeah. I so I do
1: that, and um, so that's been our weekends. It was the last game this this season on Saturday, and uh, but yeah, and they, they they won it, which was good. But uh, yeah, yeah, I I I still since my oldest boy was um, six, I think every weekend since then. Almost without doubt, and yeah. he's thirty-six now. And um, me and my wife have been doing some sport on the weekend with the kids.
0: Do you think that amateur sport is it is it more joyful in a sense? Do you think than professional yeah. sport? There's less, there's not yeah, so much stress. emotion attached to yeah. it. Yeah,
1: well, it gets emotional. <laughs> the amateur sports, but um, but everyone's there for fun, aren't they? Yeah, everyone's there for. And passion. if you're not enjoying it, you shouldn't be there. Let's be honest. I and mean, yeah. that's a reality, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy and and. I I hope to I've got two granddaughters now uh, both under two um, and both my boys are having little girls so if you retire you'll be so I'll have four I've got four granddaughters coming and they'll all be under two and um which is amazing. They are amazing. So if you retire, you, you'll, you'll, be on daddy, daddy, you'll be on great day card. i retiring. Dad, 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 I'm retiring. <laughs> um, but, but I'm looking forward to the time in a few years, obviously, when they start doing things and I can go along and watch them. You know, that'll be
0: that'll be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Well, it's a pleasure. I really appreciate you speaking to us. And, and yeah, final it. advice for people on what you've learned in life and what business and whether it's what to do with your money or whether it's Bro. how to approach life.
1: I wouldn't want to advise people what to do with their money because yeah. that's, that's not... My but but world, you're, and... you seem
0: to be ambitious, but not overstretch yourself. Seems to be the no. I think message.
1: we. I think you. In life, you have to enjoy what you do, don't you? You know. Mm. You, you know. Too many people, uh, and I know this. I know. I can think of one in particular who doesn't really enjoy his job, but earns a lot of money. So therefore, he he will He's continue trapped. doing it. Yeah, it feels trapped, you know. But um, and that's a that's a common thing. Mm. Um, but reality is that you know. You're you're only here for a visit, aren't you? You know, try and enjoy it as much as you can. Do the things that make you happy. Spend time with the people that make you happy. That's all. That's all. My advice as always to the kids.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. I appreciate it. And people can look up go to mortgages as well. They yeah, do, they do it. Want to speak to you. Do it. We we'll look after you. Phil, thank you. Really enjoyed that conversation with Phil. Look up go to mortgages online. Then social media. Great. These developed that so well with his, his son and I think that's powerful when you have that family relationships. interesting that Luke Sheriff the rugby player on last week working with his wife it seems to be the way doesn't it in that entrepreneurial spirit and I suppose that togetherness is really powerful I think to build those relationships both personally and professionally so thank you to Phil as I say check out the company if you are looking to remortgage I think certainly I'm looking at it next year <laughs> and wondering what we're going to be paying as we have to reschedule that with the interest rates seemingly destined to head skyward at this challenging time I hope you're well in that regard, by the way. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate it on iTunes or whatever platform you may be listening to it to or just tell a friend. I think word of the mouth is always powerful with podcasts. Thank you to the sponsors as well, Bang of Cheltenham and Serene AV who are specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands providing solutions based around high quality customer service and installations if you're interested in that free mentoring session with Anthony Asprey shrewd guy if you uh, go to the show notes you can follow that link to the whole man academy complimentary session with him and uh all that's left to say is thank you for listening to the podcast if you're interested by the way in in me interviewing some of your family members for life story memories something we're working on with my wife atticboxaudio.co.uk which you can find off drapermedia.co.uk is something you may just want to check out see what you think anyway thank you for listening to the podcast have a fantastic week appreciate you being here and i'll speak to you again soon cheers <music>